Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Corner Talks podcast. Today, I have a good friend, um, someone who is an entrepreneur in the tourist business. Her name is Andrea Ashley Ducharme. How are you, Andrea? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Uh, to give the audience some background, Andrea and I uh, met when I visited with my good friend, Christian Alphonse, um, in Montreal. Uh, she took us around uh, through her business, which we'll uh, discuss more, uh, her line of work, uh, basically uh, showing us the different spots um, where you can get uh, drinks and you can get food and really absorb uh, the French-Canadian uh, culture and lifestyle that uh, Montreal has to offer. Exactly. Totally. Right. It was so much fun. We had a great night that night. We had a we had a very very fun night. Uh, Christian still talks about it. <laughs> Shout out to Christian. He uh, loved <laughs> loved uh, the experience you provided. Um, yeah, and, I, and uh, I actually did a podcast with him not too long ago. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we were we were actually uh, conversing, and he he mentioned that, uh, which actually sparked the idea to bring you on. I'll be honest, because uh, when we were connecting, I said, you know, because my podcast uh, targets more creatives and entrepreneurs, and I said, you know what, uh, you know what you showcased uh, to us uh, when we were uh, visiting Montreal um, aligns with that, you know, um, you're a creative individual yourself um, and there's different sides to you and uh, the business you're kind of in uh, revolves around that, right. Being entrepreneurial um, and having those tendencies. So really happy to have you on the podcast. Um, like I said, I saw Montreal from a different uh, angle than I would have ever seen because I've been there multiple times. Um, I really appreciated um, it was more of a, you know, intimate, um, experience um, with what you provided. So I have to ask you, uh, though, um, with this entrepreneurial venture, uh, Eat Like a Mo Local Montreal, how did you become uh, an experienced host under Airbnb? Yeah, so thank you so much, first of all, for all the compliments. It's, it's really nice. <laughs> no to problem. I really, basically, I aim to show people another side of Montreal that's not just the tourist side, because I know I'm a big traveler and I like to travel. So I know that when I'm traveling, I really want to experience what locals experience so um for you to say that is was, was just exactly what i'm looking for uh so i'm happy about that um so basically airbnb i worked at airbnb um the offices uh before uh, there's a section of airbnb called airbnb lux right now and before that it was uh called luxury retreats um and it uh, airbnb bought luxury retreats and we became uh, airbnb lux uh, so I worked for them. What I did was uh, villa rentals. So all of the high-end villas um, all over the world, I would rent them to guests who would go, you know, uh, rent villas wherever they, they needed to rent them. Um, and then, so I was doing that uh, as a day job. Um, and my partner, Chris, who I've been with now for six years, was opening restaurants and bars uh, in Montreal. So I've always been part of the like uh, hospitality, travel, food and drink industry. Uh, but he was opening these really cool places and they became successful instantly. Um, he was really young. He was like 21 when he was opening them. Um, and so he was never home. Um, and I was always at his restaurants and I would take friends, family, uh, people that I met when I was traveling and they would, they were, they loved the places. And, and so I decided to start an experience through Airbnb and show people, because this is what I would do on my days off is go to this place, uh, you know, the restaurants we go to, the what we eat, the, the drinks we drink on the tour is what I do. So I wanted people to experience really what a local does. Um, and so I started that tour um, on Airbnb experiences and it was instantly popular. Uh, people loved it because they felt like they were with a the local. It felt 
private it felt like they obviously I know the staff I know that the owners like when I'm there it, it doesn't feel like I made a reservation somewhere and we go it really feels like you're with someone who knows what they're doing and that goes to these places often so um and then since that worked so well I started a different tour um it's a spirit tasting mm. and that worked really well it's at another one of my boyfriend's restaurants um then we go to his pizzeria and have pizza um and so that one became really popular and I couldn't be in at two places at once so I hired some co-hosts uh, employees to run the, the the tours um and it became popular really really quickly and so I'm not going to go in all the details but from there I launched into another tour uh which was a cocktail making class where I would um I actually didn't do the cocktails I'm not a I'm not a bartender but I oh, okay. have a lot of bartender friends right. so he would run the tour and I was um you know, to take care of it on the back end, take care of the guests. It became a business. Um, and I was able to quit my uh, job at Airbnb and do this full time until COVID hit and I lost all my tours and stuff. Yeah, no, for sure. COVID uh, hit us very hard. And that's something that I'm happy to discuss with you um, soon is that, uh, you know, we all had to, to find new ways to uh, adapt to our lifestyles, right? Um, and our careers. Um, and just hearing, you know, from your partner, like, it's really uh, kind of nice to hear that you guys are both entrepreneurial. Um, you guys both have that mindset. Uh, I guess that's how you make it work, right? Um, part of the reason why I enjoyed the experience um, and me and Christian looked at each other because we also uh, like to see ourselves identify as entrepreneurs is uh, the fact that you brought us to a restaurant uh, or a bar, I should say, that was owned by your um, boyfriend and by uh, your their friends because that was just smart uh, marketing too, right? Mm -hmm. um, you're kind of introducing us to places that kind of builds an ecosystem, right? Like it's always kind of revolving around your brands, right? Instead of <laughs> bringing us to the competition, which I don't think your boyfriend would appreciate. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, but honestly, I would not take you there if they were not places that were staples in Montreal and that were great. Right. You, know, you, you've experienced it. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, mm -hmm. like I, I understand that, yes it's smart marketing obviously um it's a huge help but it's his places but um like these places are amazing they're part of this the fabric of montreal and really high-end hospitality great food great you know they actually um really glad i'm doing the podcast here yeah they were named at water cocktail club which is one of the bars we go to on the tour were named top 10 in the world so they just got a position i was just gonna club. i was just gonna ask you about that so out of all the so this was like on a on a worldwide scale like mm -hmm. like number what was that again number 11 you said there's no number like right now basically they not they name the top 10 um and then they take uh the top 10 to louisiana uh and they have uh it's called tales of the cocktail that's insane wow yeah. so and congratulations then, yeah thank you yeah so that's really amazing so he's in the top 10 so we'll see where he ranks uh, later on, but just to be in the top 10. Worldwide. Yeah. Just to be recognized really for anything. Right. Um, yeah. That's a huge testament. And like you said, you, you didn't bring the, bring us because, Oh, it's like your boyfriend's run place. Like I saw how everything was operating and I saw the clientele um, and then the traffic as well. Um, you know, it was a testament to the service, right. And the quality of, of what it uh, provides. And uh, we, we enjoyed ourselves uh, very much. And like you just said, it's the staples of Montreal, which I wanted to ask you next. What do you most desire about the city of Montreal and its people? What do you mean? Because I read that question when you... Well, I like to know for you to engage as an experienced host, right? For you to make this your full-time career, um, what kind of keeps, what motivates you to do it? 
because a lot of people that grew up in their cities, they're sick of it. They don't really care for it. They move out. But you uh, have a fascination, the way you were mm -hmm. talking about it in, in the tours, the way you were going in the background, uh, the backstories, I should say, about the food, especially when we went to that diner and I asked you about, uh, you know, this reminds me of Saint-Subert and you're, <laughs> one guy yelled out, this is nothing like Saint-Subert. So I just, <laughs> yeah, like I just, I'm curious as to, like what you what's the fondness behind uh, Montreal and, and the people that uh, make up this great city that you grew up from? Uh, oh, my God. I don't know. Like it's it's kind of in, I'm very proud of my city. I'm proud that it's so multicultural. Right. Honestly, what I love the most the most about Montreal is I think the, the food scene, like we're definitely the food capital of Canada. And we're so lucky to have all of these great entrepreneurs, what like you say, and people that are talented in food and hospitality and we for me that's what it what keeps it alive it's it's the great restaurants that are offered to us the the hospitality that 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 you have here like the mm -hmm. and also the french language and the european feel to it as well for sure no for sure and then that's what i was going to ask you next like why do you uh as an experience host like why is it important to you this career would you say it's because the opportunity to uh, kind of showcase uh, the city to people that maybe are not familiar with uh, its culture and its people? Yeah, so like it's important for me that people when they come to Montreal, they don't just do the the touristy things, you know what I mean? And they actually see what it's like. I want people to really get a feel for what Montreal is for real, you know, like not yeah. like the, the real side of it, how people here live. So that's important to me that when they go back home, they have this experience of I really felt like I was experiencing Montreal through a local, you know, and they have an idea, like they don't go back and talk to their friends about Montreal as being this touristy thing or, you know what I mean? Like, I really like that they have that local experience. That's, that's what's important to me, I think. Yeah. From the beginning of the podcast, that's, that's the word that kind of stuck out to me the most um, that, that I remember from uh, our experience is that it was intimate, right? Like it felt like I like, I didn't know how large the group was going to be. Again, Christian, my friend, uh, organized everything. But uh, when we finally, when the day finally came, um, I said, I kind of like this. It's like a small group. It's not rowdy. Mm -hmm. um, and you can kind of get to know and understand uh, not only yourself, the hostess, but the people that uh, came on the trip, came alongside, uh, along with the journey. Um, you know, those two ladies from uh, Texas. Um, you just kind of understand different people. And it's kind of fascinating too, like, you know, Toronto, Montreal, within the same country of Canada, but uh, we come from different worlds. And mm -hmm. Texas, as you can imagine, comes from different worlds. So it's amazing how we were explaining to them certain things that we learned and, and we in school and how we were raised, like our lifestyles and how they um, are similar and they differ. Um, but I also, as a Torontonian, was fascinated to hear um, what you how you were explaining about like, you know, the education system um, and the whole laws about like, if, you know, one of the parents is French, um, they have to encourage their child or to, to go to a French immersion school, um, something along those lines. So yeah. yeah, it was, it was really a cool, it was an educational experience really for the most part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love a big part of my tours is like meeting people from all over the world. Like I feel so lucky people take my tours and they, they love it, but I'm the lucky one of getting all these contacts and meeting people from all over the world. Like it really, really opens your perspective and makes you someone who's so much more open-minded, you know, and I'm, I'm very lucky to, to have something that, that people book, you know, my experience, like how crazy is that? You know, no, I just, for sure. 
Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, no. And um, the the unfortunate thing, obviously, is uh, you brushed on it before the pandemic, right? Um, it's proven to be the most severe kind of crisis in recent memory, specifically for the people of our generation who endured job loss and financial struggle. Um, how did the pandemic affect your line of work uh, to provide tourism to travelers in a time when it wasn't warranted, right? It was really against the law at, some, at one point. Yeah, so uh, I lost all my tours because all of my tours were in restaurants and bars and mm -hmm. everything shut down. So um, I think... Um, I think when it happened at first, you didn't realize the impact that it would have on you. I was like, oh, okay, it's going to be a pause. Like we're getting money from the government. So it's not so bad for a little while. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it's afterwards when it's been a long time and your whole life changes and you have, I remember I had to go back to a villa rental business. So I'm, I'm still, I still have a day job and I'm doing my, my villa rentals during the day. Um, because the, the market is still too unstable and I'm not sure, you know what I mean? And it was too hard to, to find another job. It was too difficult. So um, yeah, I think it's the impact afterwards that you're just, your whole life turns, turns upside down, you know, like my boyfriend, his restaurants closed and they did so well with, but it was hard, you know, like they did so well because they did take away cocktails and take out for their food. But my God, they had to do all this, all these ideas from scratch and start over. And they worked so hard to be where they were at that moment. You yeah. know? Luckily, they didn't lose what they built, but it, it was really scary. You know, it was like, devastating. Yeah. yeah, devastating impact for sure. Like, like you just said it, right? They used all their time, their energy to build uh, the business to what it was. And then when the pandemic hit, it forced them to kind of pivot, to be inventive, to adapt. The problem is, is that it takes even more time, right? Uh, I can only imagine those businesses. And they said it, if, if the businesses in the pandemic didn't know how to use DoorDash or skip the dishes or anything uh, that matter, uh, I'm not sure the services uh, your boyfriend used, but the point being is if they didn't adapt uh, to technology, um, unfortunately they were bankrupt, right? Um, they, yeah. they didn't really see um, any success. So mm -hmm. that's really cool that uh, he, things worked out nevertheless, right? I'm sure there were uh, drawbacks in the beginning, but uh, things worked out for you, for both of you. Um, how did you cope uh, yourself with uh, the financial burden or maybe some mental distress like that may have created during this difficult time? Like, how did you bounce back? It was really tough. Like, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say, oh, you know, like whatever. Yeah. No, it, was, it was really tough, like mentally, uh, like I said, it's not things that are like in your face difficult. It's it creeps up on you, little things. You know what I mean? Um, it was tough for both of us as a couple to be home. We're, we're people that are always out and thrive off of other people and yeah. socialization. And mm -hmm. it was really tough. Um, I mean, we had just we were renovating our home. We bought a house, and then financially we're stuck. You know, so. Yes, we got money for from the government for a little while, but I had to go back to my my uh, job of villa rentals. Thank goodness I really liked doing that. Um, but I had to readapt. I was off on when the pandemic hit. I was at my highest point on my tours. I was just about to launch a tour in New York City. Um, wow. My boyfriend was at the top of his game with his bars and restaurants. They were about to open two other places, Amazing. and also we had to readapt. Yeah. And yeah, no. Um, I mean. Uh, when it happened I really am excited about things that are like big like storms and so I was like oh my goodness like there's this 
you know, like I wasn't scared. That, that's not, you, know? <laughs> you were embracing it. <laughs> yeah. And like, I got into like arts and crafts and like all this stuff. And same, I would same. find ways around, like I'm someone who I want, I thrive off people. And so find ways around, like I have a dog so I could walk the dog and go see my friends. And like, yeah, I mean, yeah. I did what I could, but in the end, it's, it's super difficult to, you have the rug pulled out from under you. You know what I mean? You have to rewrite your story. Like we were going to get, we had to readapt financially. You know, like it really put a wrench in the plans. And I'm right at the age, like I'm 32 now. So it's like the prime of when things are happening in your life, you know, like when you're going to start a family, you're going to. And so it pressed pause on that. And then all the things that go with that, like, okay, well, my body's getting older and you know what I mean? Like, it's it's difficult. It's no, I, I, I read between the lines. I know exactly what you feel. And I'm so happy you uh, voiced it because that was something that I was always arguing in the pandemic. It's like, like you said, you embraced the chaos, right? It's kind of like you made you, you're a versatile person. You made it work for you. Um, but at the end of the day, it came to a point like for me, right? Around 20, when 2021 started creeping around, uh, that's when it hit. And I said, okay, 2020 whatever it was fun but uh i need to now like get out there i need to now get this business going um i need to connect with people both personally and professionally um you know we're human beings and like you said we're at the prime of our life like you're not uh, that much older than me i believe and you know we're in that generation where it's like this is our prime <laughs> this is the time to to do things right and again whether it's personally or professionally uh, and in your case it was even both right um not only are you trying to renovate and build a uh, buy a house uh but you're also trying to expand your businesses um and yeah like it, it, it you know hindered on, on on those kind of ambitions but i'm always curious uh throughout this podcast how people kind of gone through it and survived it um because for me it's very inspirational um there's different tactics right that other people might use for me i was always logging like how grateful i was and i was always medit I was meditating and i was just finding mm -hmm. new hobbies to keep myself distracted um, while other people, uh, kind of embraced the solitude, right. About, you know, being by themselves, they just kind of, didn't care. Some people just went full force, just watch Netflix all day. Like, well, like for was, example, like, oh. uh, that's, a, it's really funny you say yeah. that because for example, my boyfriend who, uh, works is a workaholic. He's a workaholic. He works all the time. He was forced to pause his life. Yeah. And I think that that was, he will even tell you that it was really helpful to him to pause, you know, and take a break and and even even if it was difficult like it was needed like he was on the verge of it like he if he would have continued working the way he was working he would have broke down eventually so yeah. for those types of people it i think it was needed you know even if it was really difficult i'm not saying but those i think things like that were, were needed like for me um where i thrive off of social and um you know, I, I don't know. I think it was a, not that it was harder. I'm not saying it was easier for me or easier for him. I just, I just know that for some people, it was a nice break, you know? Yeah. Well, you, you being more of an extrovert, right? Like, or you strike me as one. Um, it was nice to kind of like slow things down. You're saying, right. Like those are kind of yeah. like the less, yeah, those are the lessons. Yeah. Uh, definitely. I would take in uh, with the crisis is that um, you don't want to get to a burnout feeling because you just don't feel inspired um, or motivated to do something uh, as a creative myself. I've, I've experienced that many times throughout the pandemic. So um, I think it's important, yeah, to, to really appreciate the finer things in life, as they say, um, mm -hmm. brought me closer to my family. Um, and I'm sure for yourself, you could say the same, right? Did it bring yeah. you guys closer as well? Like yeah. your friends well, and we family? Yeah, we were already very close. My family yes. and I were very yes. close. But 
yeah, um, my grandfather died during the pandemic. It was really, really difficult, but I saw my family come together even more, you know? So, right. Yeah. 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 Sorry to hear that. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, on my side, right? Like there, there've been tragedies too. Um, but in, in those times, like you see, like, you know, the, how you can overcome them, right. Um, the strength in that. So really important. I'm glad you uh, mentioned that. I'm glad you got through it. <laughs> That's always important, especially in the pandemic. Uh, something that we experienced, um, especially because we're now experiencing the tail end of it. Um, so when I looked through your social media profile, as, as I told the audience, you know, we didn't know each other before the Montreal trip and the beauty about social media, what I always advocate on this platform is uh, we're able to connect with uh, people from anywhere really in the world, not just our community. Um, but I got an understanding of, of who you are and what you're capable of based on the content that you've been putting out. Um, and from observing your profile, I get a sense that you have an ability, you have an affinity for the art and photography. Am I wrong about that? No, totally. I have my back. Okay, perfect. So do you see yourself pursuing the arts? Oh, sorry. You cut out. Oh, you cut out. You cut out. What are you saying? Sorry. Oh, sorry. Sorry about that. Oh, no, no. no. Um, okay. Can you hear me? Robin? I can hear you now. Yeah. Okay. Just say what, say um, what you, if you were saying something. Yeah. No, I was just saying that uh, you're right. I have my bachelor's in photography and um, I love photography. Um, I love going to school for a photo. Um, and it really ties into me to um, like hospitality. I like places have to have this glow, like it went like visually, you know? So um, it, for me, it's all a package and it makes, you know, who I am. Um, I'm, I don't think I'm ever gonna be a photographer for work. I don't like being uh, told, okay, we need photos of this and this. For me, it's, I went in, I have a fine arts degree, so it wasn't commercial photography. So. Um, all the photos that I do is for the pleasure of doing them myself. It's for when yourself, I want yeah. to. So I will always do that. It, it shapes how I see the world. It shapes, you know, it's part of who I am, but I will never, uh, I'm, you know, I say never, I don't like that word, um, but I don't, and I don't uh, imagine doing it for work ever. Yeah, no, I, th that's what I was going to ask you, right? Like, do you see yourself pursuing it? But uh, on that, on that stance, no, I don't, I don't see that as uh, at all it's it changes right when you make it a, make it a career like make it something that you rely on a source of income um i feel like yeah you're you're a true artist in that sense um where <laughs> you're right like you rather do it for yourself um for, yeah, for the it's, my, it's like my special place if, and taking taking away if someone says okay you have to do photography today you have to take pictures of this it sucks the passion out of it for me i've tried yeah. it i've done wedding photography and it pushed me away like for me I have a, a certain relationship with the uh, the art form that is only when I when I'm inspired by I, and I won't pressure myself. Sometimes yeah. I don't pick up my camera for ages. Sometimes I take pictures with my just my iPhone, you know, like, and and I don't make myself feel bad about it because that's not what it's about, you know. Yeah, that's an interesting point, actually. A lot of artists, including myself, I, I'm guilty of it. Well kind of kick myself if I don't uh, kind of stay on the craft. But you're you're the other you take the other approach around, like you're saying you kind of take it easy like take it as uh, like whenever you're kind of inspired by it that's interesting yeah totally and and I used to be like you like oh I haven't done photo and like I put it on my yeah. and, and then I would start uh comparing myself because there are so many photographers out there and there's so many you know and I and it was it was tough so I told myself look this is for you only what you want to do when you feel inspired there's no competition here there's no you know what I mean and, and, and that's how I keep my love for it. And that's how I, I, 
keep a relationship or else I would not. Yeah, that's how you keep it close to your heart, right? Um, exactly. And that, that, that would make sense. Um, and that's probably a, a, an approach we should all take as artists, right? Um, to kind of take it in stride, but also treat it like a passion, right? Treat it something that you want to do uh, rather than being told um, you're doing it because you're compelled to by someone else's success or, you know, by, by uh, comparison or, or judgment, right? Um, I feel like art uh, comes from within, right? Um, and it comes at uh, its own like natural uh, and organic pace. So that's really cool to hear. Um, are there any other creative uh, or entrepreneurial ventures uh, you intend to explore next? Uh, not really. Um, and it's so funny that you reached out to me to, to talk about being an entrepreneur. Like um, yeah. <laughs> you would ask anyone, oh no, that's not true. You would ask, let's say my partner or my, my dad, like I'm not someone who is very entrepreneur. Like I did right. this came naturally to me, the tours. Right. The buildup came naturally, but I'm not someone for example, like my partner who is uh, searching for projects and, and always, you know, starting new, like, I, I think this is my thing. And if something comes up naturally, I will take it totally. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I have anything in mind. I don't like to put that pressure on myself, as you can see. Yeah. Um, I like, I'm looking for stability. So with my, my full-time job in the villa industry, um, I'm going to be traveling. I'm leaving for Mexico Monday. So nice. those things, yeah. And I'm going to be focusing a lot on my family and my home life for a little while. So as long as I have that stability of my tours and my my um, my full-time job and my family, then I think that's what I'm going to focus on. Yeah, that's perfect. And you sound like a free-spirited individual uh, to begin with, right? Nonchalant, take, take life as it is um, and go with the flow, right? And that's how you should be, uh, especially if you're an artist yourself. Um, I you, you strike me as an entrepreneur, just based on, like I said, your eat like a local Montreal, like your business, uh, what I experienced with Christian, um, in that kind of, uh, venue. But the reason why, um, again, like I see you as like an entrepreneur, um, maybe it's not to the, to the scale of your boyfriend, um, you know, who's uh, made all these accomplishments and accolades, but it's still, uh, in, in some way, you know, uh, a business, right. And still in some way, um, some sort of venture that you personalized uh, for a clientele. And, um, that's something that should be, uh, acknowledged and that shouldn't be discounted. So definitely has entrepreneurial tendencies at, at the least. Yeah, um, sure. and, uh, yeah, I really appreciate, uh, you sharing your journey and, uh, really what you can offer. Um, if people want to visit Montreal and take your tour, right. Totally. To get an insight. Yeah. For French Canadians. Yeah. So thank you again, Andrea, for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate you um, explaining and sharing uh, your experience so far on the journey um, as an entrepreneur, as a creative, um, and what's next for you. I really appreciate it. It was really nice to speak with you. And uh, I hope to speak with you again soon. And if you're in Montreal, anytime, I will. You don't have to take a tour. I'll take you on a private, private tour. You can come to my house and have a nice dinner as a hospitable here with me and my partner. That would be nice. Oh, that'd be amazing. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Uh, so thank you again, everybody else for listening. Thank you again, Andrea. And we'll talk soon.